What if you could see into the mind of your therapist? In this podcast, Dana and Beth will let you in to see the inner workings of two therapist minds. Listen to this week's episode, sit back and relax and get your coping skills turned all the way on with the mind grind. Disclaimer, this is not therapy and not a therapy substitute. It's important to remember that we're speaking in generalizations, hoping that this content is relatable and helpful. Please check Psychology Today and check your insurance card for your nearest mental health provider for individualized support. Hey everyone, and welcome back to The The Mind Mind Grind. Grind. This is Dana and Beth. And here we are today together at last for our second in-person episode. Woo! It's been quite some time, so we're thrilled to be back in action. Like a month and a half. Yeah, really long time. Sorry, sorry guys. (laughs) But today is going to be a really special episode and a very different episode. It's going to be a different type of style. And I'm actually going to be interviewing Beth today on some really interesting brain-related information. Woohoo! So exciting! (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to get right into some of these questions because I bet nobody has any idea what I'm talking about. We're not doing our typical intro overview of today's episode. Mm -hmm. What I will say before we start is that we want to take a look at our Instagram at the photo that we released, our newest post actually of Beth's brain image. Yeah, I'm letting you guys in. I'm really sharing the inside, literally, of my brain <laughs> with all literally of you. Literally the inside. Yeah, so pull that up because it, that will really help to give you some context into what yes. we're talking about. I'm just going to start. I'm getting my uh, interview pants on and <laughs> I'm just going to go right in. Which so, are also sweatpants. Yeah, which are pajama pants. Um, so a few months back, I guess just a little story briefly before I go into the question asking, Beth shared with me that she was traveling to New York. She got in touch with some fancy schmancy (laughs) brain imaging institute. She's going to really tell us actually what it is. I'm just being obnoxious. Uh, But she's like, hey, like I got in touch with these people at this brain institute and they do brain imaging and I'm going to be able to see like all this information and learn about myself and blah, blah, blah. And so that happens. And she's got the results back. And so today we're really just going to like talk about them and talk about like this whole process, why she did it, what it's all about and what she learned from it. Love. Yeah. Love. So, Listeners so have excited. been patiently waiting those that know I did this because this is a rare, I mean, it's uncommon that yeah. people do this. Yeah. It's definitely not something that people do every day. And so we're really excited and feel lucky that we're able to share something like this on our podcast, because mm-hmm. again, this is not something that many people even know exists. As of yet. Hopefully, As of yet. Hopefully we're going to change that today. On the Mind Grind. On the Mind Grind podcast. So Beth, tell us, how did you hear about this opportunity and also about this whole process of even getting involved with this brain institute called? Amen Clinics. Amen Clinics. So it's A-M-E-N Clinics. And it's this psychologist and neurologist, Dr. Amen, who started doing, he, he believed that in order to do good mental health care, he, had, he wanted to get brain images of his patients and his clients so that he actually knew what he was treating rather than doing what so many of us therapists do, which is we do an assessment and we kind of roll out other potential diagnosis while we're working with someone. But yeah. a lot of times 
it can take us months to figure out what's going on with a person. Some cases are so complex, we don't know what we're dealing with. Yeah, right. and, and that's a good point. You know, therapist who's the DSM, right? This textbook to diagnose, right. but that's kind of like what is out there in regards to like identifying symptoms and ruling conditions out. And so actually having this information, this image is totally unheard of. Yeah, it's, it's totally gonna change the way that this field can practice. But yeah. obviously there is a financial cost to this type of thing. And that's why I believe, I mean, from an outsider perspective, like many people probably are like, well, why can't you do that too? Or why aren't people doing this all the time? And it's like, well, <laughs> we're not there yet. It's not yet normalized enough. Hopefully by talking about today, it'll become something that people ask for. And with the more want and demand for it, the prices will change and it'll become yeah, more Or maybe affordable. even insurance will cover Start covering. Of of I think in some insurances will cover reimbursement. Re they'll yeah. reimburse you, but like it's not guaranteed. And hopefully the more that people like me talk about it, what you know, and this is this is the least comfortable I've been uh, doing, and this is the most comfortable <laughs> I've been on this podcast. This podcast, because you know, for me, this is a bit vulnerable. But I do feel I really stand by how important this is to talk about this, and even if it's a bit uncomfortable for me today, it's the whole point is that we want mental health to be more of a fulfilling experience for people, where you can go and you can get real answers and you can actually find out helpful tools for yourself. And if you actually know what's going on with you, you're gonna be more successful at that. So yeah. this is just one more option for those that are interested. So how I heard about it was there was this comedian, Laura Clary, who she, she got basically social media famous and she used to be an actress and she lives in LA. But what I love about her and her husband is that they're both in recovery. And she wrote this book um, called Idiot, which is kind of like a satire of her, of her life, but it's also really good. It has like real stories about her recovery. And she actually went to see Dr. Amen personally and her and her husband got this screening done and the results were incredible. And it was really validating for them and it was emotional for them. And I think that they both walked away having more insight. And I just thought, how cool is that? So I didn't intend to do it anytime soon. I thought maybe in the future, I'll get it done. I ended up following Amen Clinics on LinkedIn and I liked a bunch of things that they were doing. And one of their consultants contacted me as a provider and said, would you be interested in talking to me and learning more? And so I got to do what's considered like a provider version of this. So I didn't get to do the whole, whole thing, which usually you go, you get an assessment and then you get a brain scan and then you go back and you get a follow-up brain scan. I think it's like nine months later. I'm not going to do the follow-up piece and I'm not going to do all the follow-up like meeting with their customer care and their providers, but I got to do this part, which is the part that I wanted, which is like actually knowing my results and like knowing the recommendations. Okay. Yeah. So you heard about it from this comedian comedian and clearly yeah. they got a lot out of it. And so you figured, all right, well, they learned a lot about themselves. You also have shared a bit with our audience about childhood and just yeah. like upbringing stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. um, which obviously impacts a person. So I'm guessing, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, like you had ideas based on like knowing yourself and knowing your upbringing and background and some of the things that, you know, like you've talked about the intergenerational trauma that exists right. in the family that, okay, maybe this could really help 
me understand myself better? Yes. I, I've always known that I have certain sensitivities and I've always felt a little bit different in those ways from even my siblings. I mean, I, I come from the same home, uh, but out of the three of us, I would say I'm the, the most sensitive. I definitely, certain things were always a little more difficult and challenging for me and I never understood why. And you'll be hearing today, why? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so if you pull up the image that we posted on our Instagram, you'll see there's images of a healthy brain, right? And then you'll see images of a, an ADD brain and also a brain like that suffers with depression, yeah. correct? Yes. Yeah. So you're going to be seeing, um, there's going to be, so the first set of images are going to be what's called brain spec functional brain scans. So the color doesn't matter, but it's more about essentially the shape of the brain that's important. And then those images will look more colorful. They'll be like, you know, uh, yellows and, and purples and greens and blues uh, and pinks. And then the emotional brain, what you're going to see is this like blue, red, whitish scan. So those are different and I'll talk about those. Um, but when I got my results, I got results for both. So I got results for my functional brain and I got results for my emotional brain. And so tell us before we even like get more into your actual images and what they look like and what they mean, like what exactly was this process like? I know you said there oh, was yeah. interviews, there was obviously a brain scan, like right. what I know it was in New York city. Yeah. That I do know. Yes. So they do have sites all over America as of now. I think that they're based in LA initially, but there's one in Washington DC and I think Seattle. Uh, other parts of California, like there's more and more popping up. So the way it works is I got set up with a coordinator and then set up with an intake person who kind of like does like what we do. They did like a biopsychosocial on me and got my history. Then I was set up. So that was like about an hour and a half, I think, interview. And we did it over video because of what's been going on in the world. Uh, we just met over video, but then to do the brain scan, you have to go in person. So I actually got a couple of tests in person. I got what's called a concentration test, which is about 15 minutes and you're staring at a screen and I don't want to give too much away. I can't wait to hear the results. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have my own ideas, my, oh my, God. <laughs> my own assessment of you. I know, no, it's going to be, I think, very validating for Dana as well. He's known me for as long as she has worked with me so closely to hear these results. So I did the concentration test for about 15 minutes and it's pretty redundant. So it's incredibly hard to focus for 15 minutes. And then um, they actually, uh, they do, I'm um, not to scare people, but they do have to put something like they have to IV something into your stream. I forget what it is, but I, I will try to come up with an answer if people are interested, but essentially it helps to make the brain look more colorful so that they can see it on the actual Got results. It. For those, that, for those of my claustrophobic friends and family and everyone, um, they do kind of wrap you a little bit when you go in for the brain scan. It's only your head that's going into the scan machine, but you're in there for 12 minutes and you cannot move. So wow. you're kind of in a straitjacket for 12 minutes. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done, but it's exposure therapy at the it, same time. It was a bit of exposure therapy. And then I think just going into New York, if you're at all of an overstimulated person. 
Yeah. There's yeah. a lot in one day and you can't have caffeine before you do it. They'll tell you all this. Um, and then, yeah, so then you get that done and they had me do this total brain assessment, which was measuring more of my EQ types of results. I actually don't have a lot of that on here. I forgot to write all that stuff down, but more of um, how I am at memory, how I am with planning, stress, these kinds of things. And so I had to do a bunch of those kind of tests as well, but that wasn't, that's a little bit correlated to the brain results, but some of that, I have some striking contrasts which we'll get to later, but essentially she, the, the doctor, the psychiatrist that like gave me my results, Dr. Siegel, she said to me, she's like, you're, you've clearly been compensating for not having certain parts of your brain be as strong for a very long time, which is really cool, which is, I think a lot of us do that. Yeah, that yeah. is cool. Can't wait to hear about it. So that's the process that you yes. went through to even get these results. Now, why don't we talk a little bit about your, the picture of your brain, the little animal that I'm looking at. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that uh, she, she shows me is my functional brain. And on the top left image is this purplish bluish creature looking thing. Which that like, looks eyes. like it's supposed to be in Super Mario Brothers. It really, <laughs> I just want to give it a hug. Honestly. It is super cute. Um, so essentially what it looks like is it looks like I have two holes in my brain in the front of my brain. So you're looking at the underside of my brain and the top part is the, the front of my brain. Okay. So it looks like I have two eyes, two arms, and I don't know what's going on at the bottom half there, but like a, a little big, belly button, some feet. Yeah. <laughs> now. Yeah. A so mole. mole. <laughs> So the, the areas where it looks like holes aren't actually holes. What they are is areas of my brain where I'm lacking proper uh, blood, blood, blood flow. flow. My God, could not talk. Blood flow. And so it's all I, the nerves. It's, all, it's the nerves talking Take about my breath. brain. Proper blood flow. And so what happens is that this is either caused by head trauma or genetic ADD or a combination of both. So my brain has to work extra hard to get oxygen to these parts of my brain. It's not just happening naturally. And this is considered a mild impairment. There is definitely, you know, if I had been using a drug for, you know, 20 years illicitly or something like my brain would have probably a lot more holes in it and a lot less blood flow going on. Mm -hmm. um, but this was considered pretty mild. But what this means is that because it's in my prefrontal cortex, I have a more of a propensity for impulsive behavior, concentration and focusing issues. <laughs> I wish people could see my face right now. <sighs> yeah. um, and um, yeah, just things that like we kind of correlate to attention deficit disorder are things that like I might struggle with uh, time management, prioritization, these kinds of things, right? Being on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is so validating. Yeah. I've been late to almost everything Dana's ever invited me to. <laughs> yeah. I, when, when Beth was sharing some of these results, I was like, well, you didn't have to go to New York City to be told, to, to be told that you have a little ADD. <laughs> and so the reality is I've never been told, I've never been properly diagnosed for this. And technically she said, Dr. Siegel said that she couldn't tell me I had ADD because it's either head trauma or ADD or both. So they don't, they can't just say you have ADD, but I, they could say I have the symptoms of ADD. Right. Um, so 
I did have a sledding accident when I was seven and I remember like bolting into a tree head first. And so that could have been what caused this, right? And like, yeah. what's so crazy is like, you know, our school is pretty strong, but our, our brain is actually, she says it's more like the consistency of butter. So wow. you're right. So like, we don't realize actually how many times throughout our life you're having many head traumas. But the good news is because of neuroplasticity and going to therapy and working on reframing and working in other things, you can also heal your brain. So none of this is, oh my God, this is terrible for forever. But it just shows that like, this is where I, as a human, am going to have some setbacks or some more difficulties because I do have a lack of oxygen going to yeah. my brain. Yeah. And I definitely, I'm super intrigued about this whole like compensation thing. Oh, Do you yeah. want to talk about the other, the emotional brain, and then we can talk about compensation and how people can do these things, right? To, like oh, you yeah. said, re, you know, restructure, reshape their Reprogram brains, reprogram, the brain, yeah. heal the brain. I mean, essentially it's healing the brain. Like we all have an opportunity to heal the brain. Oh yeah, um, that was what this episode was going to be This called. is really all about guys healing. Brain the, healing. Brain healing. Brain healing. <laughs> Beth Ann Rue, brain healer. <laughs> <laughs> For my own brain, I'm not going <laughs> to promise that for anyone else. I mean, I guess as a therapist, we're brain healers. Yeah, we're brain healers. Well, before we move on, I just want to point out two other things. So like the image of the healthy brain, which is kind of bulky and a little puffy. bit puffy. Uh, my brain is a little bit more, it looks like I work out more, but not in like a good way, apparently. So size of my brain isn't an issue. That's not the problem. But there is the like the side parts, which look like arms, and then the lower parts, which look like legs. Those are the temporal lobes. So, but the one is the bottom one has more to do with spatial awareness and attention again. And then the side ones have to do with irritability and moodiness. So wow. I am a little, because mine are a little bit more crafted out, I am more prone to being irritable. Wait, I was cracking up. I thought you were to say, so I am like a bit more moody than most people. <laughs> well, <laughs> but you are. I mean, I can't, I, there's, okay. So I have had to, I think I'm a happy person. But can I be irritable? Dana knows this. Absolutely. Yes, I can. A hundred percent. Let's rewind back to our first episode <laughs> when I didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I mean, there is, there is a side of me that I think also gets triggered without saying too much, probably around the female cycle that is a little more irritable. And they, you know, the doctor even said that, that like these things can be triggered by your hormones. It can trigger by stress. It can yeah, be triggered by I think other that things. definitely makes sense. But the bottom part, I'm going to butcher this, parietal lobe. Um, the parietal lobe is all about spatial awareness and attention, like I said. And so if, you know, I, she was basically like, are you coordinated? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm not really that coordinated. Like I have to, you know, like I can do yoga really well. I can do certain things really well. If I'm really in tune with my breathing and if I'm really in the right, focus, like if you ground yourself, if I ground, but myself, if you don't, oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. Get out of my way. So it's just, it was also really validating to, for me to realize that like, that's actually like part of my brain is that yeah. you can tell I don't have the spatial acuity of other people. Yeah, and I think that this actually is so important and this is really helpful. Evidence to prove our point in other episodes when we talk about the brain-body connection, yes. right? This is a, an amazing example of how connected our mind and our body are. A hundred percent. This is evidence, right? I think that for, for the non-believers out there who are like, that's a bunch of BS. Right. It's like, no, like this is real. This is, so we're real. looking at it and now we have best experience to show us that like, okay, wow, like this makes a lot of sense. This is how I've been feeling this whole time, but actually like 
my brain is showing, right? That like, this is really happening. It's really, it's really happening. It's very validating. Um, the last thing I'll say about the top of the brain. So you want a top of a brain that's really smooth because the top of your brain is how you, like in this image, like this is how you respond to toxins and, and things kind of in the world. So substances, um, the elements, elements. Uh, if you've been exposed to much iron, or if you've been exposed to harmful foods, you know, these things can cause what is what's called scalloping the brain. So I probably didn't have the best coping for some of my deficits, I think in my early twenties, especially. And I think that shows in my brain. Um, I didn't turn to the best behaviors. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. Again, it was nothing to be concerned about. It was not a major thing, but it is, it's really telling that like, and this is just a message to everybody. It's like, be mindful of what you put into your body because the things that we put in, the things that we're ingesting, the foods you're eating, how much a person's drinking, all these behaviors is actually affecting your brain. Every single thing you're doing is affecting your brain. And if we actually could see our brains and knew that on a more regular basis, I think we'd probably be acting a lot differently. Yeah. We'd take care of it different. And I say that about every body part. Like if we were watching yeah. our liver cycle out toxins, yes. right? Like yes. would we be drinking or eating what we're eating? Just being mindful of the hard work that our body and our brain are, are doing. Like, right. We no can't credit. see There's it. no credit. They can, <laughs> right. And it's like, we don't, we don't see it, but I mean, it's years could go by and you could be living a certain way and find out. I mean, even if you guys look at Amen Clinic, I think it's HTTPS, semicolon, whatever. <laughs> Amenclinics.com slash gallery and another slash Thank after you. Oh gallery. my God, I could not do that. And if you can't still find it after, then message us on Instagram and we will send you the link. But you can see, exactly, you can see a bunch of examples of brains that have different types of ADD, anxiety, depression disorders, PTSD, other traumatic brain injuries, and the effects of, you know, stimulants and drugs and the system, too much caffeine. I mean, you could see all this. So I, I would encourage people to go and take a look and just be mindful of like, just think about your own habits and right. the things that you've been doing. And you might get a glimmer of like, oh, yeah, this is what's happening in my brain. A bit more awareness, like, oh, this is exactly, this is what's happening. And right. if we're more mindful of what we're doing, and again, it doesn't mean like, Tomorrow, starting tomorrow, change every behavior that you engage in. But like, right. are there small changes that you can make to support your brain health and your body health? And your body health, 100%. So tell us about the emotional brain picture. Okay, what you want, what you want in emotional brain is you actually want more activity in the bottom and less activity from like, you know, the bottom up. So it's just like the bottom area, the back is the cerebellum. And that is where your uh, coordination and your activity is happening and you want a lot of that. So just like a quick note on that, I actually had a little bit of a deficit in that area. Again, mild, not mild. mild, everything's mild, but you know, she said, you know, I encourage you to like do more coordination type activities, like more, so things like table tennis or regular tennis or uh, running yoga. So that's why you invited me to play tennis. Yeah, come and help my brain, girl. I need help. Or yoga or, or rock climbing. Anything where I'm using both sides of the brain um, and also strategically using my brain is going to help. So that was kind of good to hear. But yeah, so my on my brain, you're going to see that that middle area is also lighting up and that is the thalamus. And so there's kind of different ways that she talked about this. She said it's, it's pretty normal that people's thalamus is lighting up, but it also can be 
a bit of a highlighter that a person is uh, having, you know, prone to mild and moderate depression. And, you know, and, and being self-disclosing, I experienced probably my first bout of depression as early as 10 years old. So I've known this for, you know, as long as I can remember. So yeah, it is pretty validating to know that in my brain, that's an area that tends to fire. And the good news is that my basal ganglia wasn't firing up. It'd be an area like kind of surrounding that would be lighting up almost like a halo or like a rainbow above the thalamus. And that part of the brain um, is called the basal ganglia and it has to do with anxiety. You know, I've been taking, you know, kind of recommended medications or supplements to help with my brain, help heal my brain. And basically what I learned from this is that it's working, but there's a lot of things that I've been doing. Yeah, I was going to say, what are other things that you're doing that have helped to heal your brain? Oh my God, where do I begin? Um, so what I, you know, I'm comfortable disclosing is I've been in therapy myself for, you know, over a decade and I have always enjoyed working out. I've enjoyed working out since I was a teenager and, you know, I've always wondered why I was so drawn to it and why it felt like I needed it. And, you know, she really validated this. The doctor was like, yeah, you know, it, it gets blood flow to your brain. So it's, yeah. you've been naturally treating yourself with you know, healthy movement for years. Wow. I know. I was like, that's really cool. Yeah, that is I'm going to have to always do a good bit of that, right? I'm always going to have to keep on top of making sure I'm getting my body up and moving, which I'm, I'm fine with. I've, I eat pretty healthy, generally speaking. I don't, I'm not always consistent, but I try to buy a lot of vegetables. I try to be mindful of, you know, my fried food or, you know, foods that are just going to like really block up my system and really negatively affect me, really fill me up. And again, it's showing in my brain, like I didn't have a ton of toxicity related to health and nutrition. And then, you know, I just, I've taken supplements over the years to help with my brain. I've done GABA, which, you know, she recommended. Absolutely. I could do more of that. She recommended fish oil specifically for the head trauma and ADD. So I plan to, I've been like looking at different supplements to consider which one I want to get on, but I would need to do it daily for about a month to two months to see a change. I took initiative in my twenties to do trauma therapy. I went and I sought out PTSD therapy and I've had a handful of things in my life that, you know, I met criteria for sure. And I stuck to it. I did the homework every single day. I didn't default on it, like not once. And she said, you can't even tell. It's like not even evident on my brain scan. So there was no evidence at all yeah. of PTSD wow. on my brain, wow. which is incredible. But I think it just goes to show that like be going to therapy, doing CBT work, doing trauma work, meditation, med oh, meditation. Yeah. I've been meditating since my early twenties and I just changed, you know, behaviors throughout my life. I've, of course I've slid back and I've had moments where I wasn't as healthy or wasn't taking care of myself as well, but I've always been drawn to self-growth. I've always been drawn to want to get better. And I think part of why I wanted it so much is because again, certain things haven't been easy for me. And then to also answer the compensation question. So I have had to always force myself and challenge myself, whether it be school or work, the timeliness issue. <laughs> <laughs> I have to set my time extra earlier because I always am going to assume I have more time than I do. I have to prioritize like a champ. I mean, I am writing down and writing down and writing down and rewriting things and having checklists to kind of increase some dopamine in my brain. I have had to learn prioritization techniques that I also now share with a lot of my clients. So 
if you're a client and you have me, you know probably that I've taught you some of those techniques. And then when I was in school, I just, I always was doing more work than other people to keep my grades up. But now I understand why. And I have a lot more empathy for that. Cause I'm like, wow, like, okay, this makes sense. Like I was really struggling. I was undiagnosed and I pushed myself all the way through grad school with all this. I would go to tutoring. I would get help wherever I could. Um, you know, I'm definitely someone who had all these challenges and, you know, we find a way to compensate and your brain can essentially heal. So my concentration results from the, the first test before this one, the brain spec was actually like, she said, my concentration was great. Wow. I know. Which <laughs> well, and I think here's the thing, I think, and you would agree with this because we were just talking about this when I'm doing something I like. Or when I'm doing something that's got pulled my interest, yeah. I can concentrate We're really very well. into it. Well, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's validating to be a person that, again, it's like, I don't hate those things about myself. I mean, I actually love that my brain can store so much information. I mean, I heard her give me the results one time and I remembered every single yeah. thing that she told me. And that's incredible, right? Like my memory can be great. In fact, I, I, I think I was in like the 80 something percentile of memory. So I was like, that's awesome. Um, ironically, I don't, you'll find this confusing. My planning skills are really high. That's not so shocking actually. No. I feel like, and again, this is like not related to podcast <laughs> I know, life, I know. but personal life, I feel like whenever we do make a plan or like yeah. go hiking, we do, we have like a plan is what we're doing. I want to make sure that we have time. And maybe that's also because a lot of these things you're really into. Right? That's true. I think I've also learned, like I've learned that this is important to other people. You know, I've had enough people right. in my life tell me like it's important. I think I'm at a place where it's like, I'm really, you know, I'm really proud of my brain and, and she gave me a lot of feedback to, you know, to encourage, like, you know, you've done a lot of work to heal your brain and like, there's yeah. still more to do or there's supplements I can take and I can continue to maintain certain lifestyle. I wouldn't have, I mean, it, it's almost concerning to imagine seeing my brain you know, maybe in my early twenties, because I just don't think, I actually think it's healthier now than it ever was then. Yeah. That's um, cool isn't that crazy about. to think yeah. about? Yeah. This is like inspiring and it makes me want to go get my brain checked out. Get it done. Um, but no, I, I think that this is so cool and hopefully really helpful for all of our listeners to, to really start to think about this mind body connection because it's so relevant and it is really impacting our mental health, right? It's recognizing that the behaviors that we engage in are impacting our mental health significantly. And so yeah. if we can make some changes or even just be aware that this is happening, maybe that will, without even putting too much effort into making changes, maybe it'll encourage or motivate other people to just start to think differently and think about their brain health. Think about your brain health, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, what I would hope that people get from talking about this today is I just want to normalize that everyone's got stuff, right? Like I have this, I'm sure if someone else went and got their brain results, they might see more activity in other parts of their brain and less activity in certain parts. And it's not about a worth thing. Like this doesn't change my value as a human, yeah. right? Does it mean certain things are more challenging for me? Absolutely. But if anything, I've, I have those challenges and I continue to show up in life and nothing going to stop me. Okay. Yeah. Nothing's going <laughs> to hold me back, but you know, I'm going to keep, you know, finding ways to, to grow. And I want to continue to heal my brain. I'm very passionate about that. Yeah. And uh, I think it actually says a lot about you 
because I think that maybe a lot of people would feel scared. Like I'm sitting yes. here and like I said in the beginning, like this is so fun and exciting for me because I'm sitting back yeah. and like, I'm not getting vulnerable, right? Like I'm sure there's a lot of fucked up things about my brain too, <laughs> like yeah. all of us, but it's easy to sit here and listen to somebody else. And I think it's also scary, but the fact that you took that step yeah. to get this done and you're making these changes and that this has been a motivating experience for you and it's helped you to understand yourself. Like it's empowering. And I think it's nice. So. I do. I think it's really nice because a lot of people, we wouldn't put ourselves necessarily in that position because then we're aware of all of this stuff. It's like, yeah. oh shit, right? What does this mean about me? And we can go to that yeah. negative space where you, your entire perspective and attitude on this is like, well, I want to know so that I can help myself, right? And that I want to keep working on this. And so it's kind of recognizing that if we look at it from that perspective, like this is building awareness because once we're aware we can help ourselves but if we don't even know what our brain looks like or we don't know what we're struggling with our brain still looks like it people right, like right. my brain right i haven't i don't have a brain scan so i could sit here and be like oh well maybe my brain doesn't have holes <laughs> <laughs> but but i don't who knows lack right? of blood flow data lack <laughs> but, of I blood don't, flow. but i don't know right? right i could have lots of holes in my brain but if we don't know it's like ignorance is bliss but it's really not because i'm not going to be able to help myself the way that right. i could right right and i mean i think you know and it's it, and even in my situation it because it's still not incredibly affordable i don't know if or when i would be able to go back and see if any of the changes i've made or supplements i've taken have made a major impact um but maybe potentially in the future, or if they're looking for, you know, a test person, come find me. But I think what I want to say too, is like who I would say this is really good for is if you're someone who it's been hard to figure out, you know, a specific diagnosis with, you know, you're, if you're working with a therapist and you guys, you see signs of this and this and this, but it's hard to tell what, you know, is the main issue, or if there's a possibility that you've had trauma, or if you've had a traumatic brain injury, if you were a football player or did wrestling or boxing where you got hit in the head or had concussions throughout your life, this might be worth you getting this information because then you know what's medical and you know what's mental. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also know, you know, you can learn tips and tools for that. And they also have great things like for inputting more oxygen in the brain. Um, they have like all these different ways and supplements and, and things that they can help people with uh, because they're so passionate about healing the brain. Yeah. So I would say if you think that you're someone who wants to do this, you can also contact us. We'll set up the resources to get you hooked up if definitely, you're interested. Definitely. And before we wrap up, I have a spontaneous question to put Beth on the spot that I just thought of. So I want to know two, well, it's kind of like a two part. When you first got to this facility, what was one feeling that you felt before mm. the process started? And then during the moment where you found out your results, like after the woman told you this is what it looked like, what was that feeling or what was that thought that went through your head? Okay. Um, before, beforehand was kind of just, you know, some anticipatory anxiety and kind of like, just a lot, just like the feeling of like, who knows? Like, I have no, like, I, I almost like, I don't want to say I didn't care because I definitely cared, but I think I, I wasn't giving it a ton of, I wasn't feeling so much into it at the time. I think it hit me a lot during and after when I got the result, seeing my like creature looking <laughs> brain, I was concerned when I saw that what looked like two holes in the front of my brain. 
And yeah, and, but I, she really reassured me. And by the end of the time with her, I felt confident that I actually felt emotional and confident that all this work that I've done and all this money and time and energy that I've spent to changing my life has worked (laughs) not to get like a little emotional here, but yeah, like it's just, it was really validating to go like, wow, like it's, you know, I, I put in the time and energy and I've maintained certain habits and it's, it's paid off. And I think that that's, I think that's such an important message too, because I do know that especially in therapy and when we, when we're talking about mental health as opposed to physical health, it's really hard sometimes to, to notice progress, not necessarily seeing those changes happen so quickly. And so I think people do really get defeated, right? It's like, well, I've spent so much money and so much time doing therapy. And it's like, is it actually helping? And it's like, yeah, like this is validation that, you know what, like your time and effort, it's so valuable. Mm. And I think you get little bits of help along the way. And, and what I want to encourage people is because sometimes I think we can get impatient, like, oh, I want to be healed already. I want everything to be done. But there's mentors, therapists, teachers that I had on the journey, or I'm sure you've had these people too, where it's like, you know, they all are contributing something to you. And it's all building into something. And I think a lot of times you're not ready till you're ready to hear yeah. th- certain things. And it yeah, took so it's me- a journey. It's a process. Right. right. Even are- now in my life, even now in our lives, like we're having certain conversations that your consciousness just wasn't able to do, yeah. you know, 10 years ago. Right. So that's a beautiful part of the journey is that like, wherever you are today, whoever's listening to this, wherever you are today is where you're meant to be. Or at least if that doesn't feel reassuring it's okay where you are, even if it is both good and bad. Right, All it's part of, it. of the process. It's part of the process. And where and you are today doesn't mean that that's where you're going to be tomorrow. And if this resonated with you and if this added something to your life and your journey, then I'm just, you know, Dana and I are just one more person to add to your bucket. And you're just going to keep filling that bucket with the things that help your world and help shape your reality. And that's all, that's all we're doing. That's the best that we can do. Yeah. So I just really want to thank you, Beth, for being so open, being Uh, so vulnerable, allowing myself and our listeners to really get inside your head. Literally. Um, But, but for real, right. It's it's not easy to be vulnerable. And I think that it, it's like you're on the other side of the seat now. I'm really grateful to have this opportunity because again, it's very unique. It's very informative. It's very interesting. And it gives me just like a lot of hope, I guess is what I'll say. We're filling your buckets. Yes. So find the time. (laughs) Come and unwind to the mind grind. To connect with us, share ideas, comments, or questions, find us on Instagram at the Mind Grind Podcast.